Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to church today. We hope that you are just blessed and encouraged like crazy today as you're just here with us focusing your attention on Jesus. Hey, every weekend we have this incredible opportunity to give back to God our tithes and offering. And uh, we're going to actually give you a moment to do that right now. I don't know about you, but there is nothing quite like taking what God has blessed you with and saying, God, I'm not just going to spend everything that you give me on what's temporary. I'm actually going to give to that which is eternal. And when you give uh, as part of the, the ministry of this church and as part of just following God, you got to know it is making an eternal difference in people's lives. And so I hope you just know that and that you're just blessed as you give and just uh, return to God. And of course, there's all kinds of ways to give in our church. You can give on Sunday morning when the bucket passes. You can give online. Um, but but let's don't, don't take, don't miss the opportunity to, to give to what God is up to here in our beautiful city. Hey, just a couple of things to let you know about um, before we jump into the sermon this morning. So last week we had uh, uh, just an incredible time. Of, we had some new groups that started off. We had, I want to show you some pictures, our 55 plus group launched last Monday night. And look at this incredible group of people. If you are 55 plus and you want to get connected in community, I'm telling you, these guys, they, they know how to, how to have a blast. And they know how to eat good food. I'm not sure if, if good food is going to be a part of every week, but if you're looking to connect um, every Monday night, 6 o'clock, right, John, 6? 6.30, they may meet here. And at the same time, there's actually a women's discipleship group. I don't have a picture of that this week, but they launched this last Monday night as well. And so if uh, you're a lady and you want to connect with some other ladies around God's Word, they're going through this awesome study called The Way, where they're just digging into what it means to follow Jesus, how do you hear God's voice, all that kind of good stuff. And then this last Sunday night, we also had a big youth event, the Corn Maze. Look at this group, great group of people. Awesome. Just a lot of fun in Linden. If you've never done the Corn Maze, I think it's too late for this year, but man, that was a little more complicated than... Um, I got to be the van driver, and it was kind of crazy. We got lost. I think I was following Leanna at one point, and everything just was getting darker and darker and darker as the corn was just like a little scary. But it was a lot of fun. So every so students, every Sunday night at 6.30, just a great chance for you to get together with other students. And listen, students, you need to have other Christian teenagers in your life who are following Jesus and uh, who are there just to, to, to walk this journey with you. And so I encourage you, if you know students, get them here at 6.30. Um, they just have a great time every time they get together. So uh, tonight's going to be here. They're going to meet in the, in the building and do some awesome stuff. And then a couple other things to let you know about. Um, after church today, so we're gonna, we've started something new this last September that we're going to try to do every month. But the first Sunday of the month, we're going to have like, a, some kind of treat after after church on Sunday, and so last month you may have noticed all of a sudden all these amazing cookies showed up, and so uh, and the idea behind this is just to give you a chance to connect and uh, maybe meet some other people. Uh, you don't have to stay long. You can if you just want to grab a cookie and go. I mean we're totally fine with that. But today, get this: there's donuts. Donuts. I'm all about cookies. And I'm all about donuts, but you, know, you guys know donuts just have a special place in my heart. So I'm, I'm super excited about today. And then, and then October 16th, 
if uh, uh, you haven't heard yet, we're having we're bringing back our chili bowl this year, and so if you think you've got a good chili, uh, or even if you have an awful chili, bring your chili, and it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be prizes for uh, probably the top three. You have a chance to win some prizes. Um, I think it's uh, tickets for two to Hawaii this year. No, it's not quite that great, but <laughs> it'll be good. It's not Hawaii. It's not Hawaii. Okay. Lower your expectations, but it'll, it'll be good. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun, and I just encourage you, even if you don't want to bring a chili, there's going to be tons of food that day. We just would love to have you come and hang out with us and just enjoy uh, having a good time with everybody. All right, this morning, um, we're doing our last uh, sermon in this series that we've been in called Different, and uh, I want to jump into our text pretty quick this morning. We're actually going through the book of 2 Timothy. There's just four chapters, and so four-week series, and this morning, we're going to be in chapter 4. And if you're just catching up with us in this series, um, uh, before we jump in, why don't we say a big hello to all those watching online really quick. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Excited to have you join us. Excited to have you with us. But we're in 2 Timothy. Wow, that, you guys were amazing. Like, just like, boom. I hope you guys just felt the love in that moment. Awesome. But 2 Timothy is this book that was written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing this, this, this book Many scholars think that this is actually his, like, his final moments in his life. Um, as you'll actually read this morning, or we're going to read this morning, um, some passages of Scripture that lead people to believe that, that these were his final moments. Um, he's writing from the, the bowels of a Roman, dark, cold Roman prison cell. He's, he's chained up, and most uh, historians believe that he was actually going to be, um, that his time in jail would actually end in him being executed, martyred for, for his faith. Well, he's writing this letter to this young man named Timothy. Timothy has been discipled and trained by Paul to be a leader in the church. Um, but Timothy is young, he's timid, and he needs lots of encouragement because of all the opposition that's coming at him, um, both from outside the church and also from inside the church. And so he writes this letter. And, and as he's getting ready to pass the torch on to Timothy, he writes... Um, the, just this last chapter here, chapter 4, and if you want to follow along, we're going to read and start in verse 1. Paul writes, he says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. So you kind of get the sense right off the bat. This is, okay, whoa, pause. There, these are some important words that he's about to say. These kind, this kind of language, solemnly urge, in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but the only time I really ever hear these kinds of words, phrases, is at a wedding, where someone's getting ready to make that, that covenant. So it's like this serious, it's, it's, this, this is important, what Paul is about to say here. And what he's not only about to say to, to Timothy, but what he's about to write to us, and God inspiring him to write to us 2,000 years later. He goes on to say, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. And so like you and I, Timothy has been created to do this job while he's on earth for the short time that he's on earth. He's been created to, to preach and teach people the way of Jesus. And Paul says to him here, 
Don't let up on this calling of yours in life. It doesn't matter whether the conditions are favorable or not. It doesn't matter if people want to hear the Word of God or despise the Word of God. It doesn't matter if people question you, persecute you, abandon you. It doesn't matter if the world hates what you have to say or embraces what you have to say. Paul says to Timothy, keep at the work that you've been called to do. And maybe today your calling isn't necessarily to preach the Word of God from a, a stage like this. Maybe it's to preach the gospel in the way that you love your students in your classroom. Maybe it's to preach the gospel in the way that you work with integrity and discipline through this crazy turnaround season. I don't know what it is, but, but, but like the old saying goes, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Wherever and however that, that might happen, God's word to you today is don't give up. Don't give up on what he's called you to do. That the people in your life matter too much. Don't let adversity stop you. Don't let weariness slow you down. Don't let your imperfections and your shortcomings deter you, whether the time is favorable or not. Keep at this calling to live a life that reflects and declares the beauty of Jesus. And then Paul goes on to write, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near, and then these these, these very well-known words, I have fought the good fight, fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And this last section here is where we really want to hang out this morning. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearance. This morning, I want to talk a lot about prizes. And, you know, one of the more satisfying feelings in life is when you've been working really hard for something and you get the prize at the end of that hard work. You know, you might be maybe on a football team or a soccer team or some kind of sports team and you've just been working really hard. And at the very end of that, maybe you get a, a goal or you... Maybe you get to go to state, or maybe you win state. You get the prize at the end of that hard work. Some of you right now are in that season. You just have spent the last three or four months in that garden. You've been planting seeds. You've been pulling weeds in the hot sun. You've been just nurturing your plants and the dirt and all that stuff that goes into a garden, fertilizing. You've seen those little shoots start to grow and grow and grow. And now what are you in? You're in the prize season, right? You get those prize squashes and pumpkins and carrots and potatoes and maybe picking those pears or whatever off of your tree, it's, it's, it's a prize. You've been working really hard. For somebody else, the prize might be landing that promotion at work. You've just been going, 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 putting in all the hours, trying to get that, that pay raise or that new job, and you get it, and it's like the prize. Yesterday, my, a couple, my kids and I decided to go on a little hike, and uh, it was probably about I don't know, two and a half hour hike. We were kind of like, some moments we were like huffing it. Other moments we were just like going really slow. It was up at, at Mount Baker. We parked at Artist Point. And 
the very end of our hike, we had a pretty sweet prize. You want to see our prize? Here's our prize. Iceberg Lake. If you've never been there, it is like incredible. This is in our backyard. I guess, an, I mean, you have to hike a ways, but it's an hour and a half drive to like the, the starting point. That's a prize. You work hard. You climb up and down and over rocks, and there's this, this prize waiting for you at the very end. For somebody else, the prize might have something to do with a little contest coming up here in a couple weeks. <laughs> you know? You've been working hard for years, dreaming of, there's a plaque we have. I was going to have it here this morning, but there's a plaque that's got your name on there, and your, maybe your name is not on there, and you've just been working hard and just dreaming about the day that you have your name on the Chili Bowl plaque. And you've been tweaking your recipe, you know, a little less chili powder and a little more of this and that and just adjusting things. And you just dream about the day where you envision yourself, trophy in hand, first place. You've won the prize. Failure isn't enough to bend your steely resolve. You must win the chili bowl contest, no matter what. So you hang in there for the prize. You know, I think one of the best prizes that I've ever achieved, and this is going to surprise probably a lot of you, was when I shot my first bull moose. What? I know most of you right now are thinking, okay, did he just say shot his first bull moose? Um, I don't even have a box for Rich, the, bull, the moose hunter. Um, <laughs> did he actually say he shot, he shot Bullwinkle? Like, what the heck is going on here? I'm not even sure how I feel about that. What is this, like a redneck church? What's, what's going on here? <laughs> but yes, in a former life, um, I actually used to live up in northern Canada, and um, this time of year wasn't the start of, of like, you know, get, get football and all that kind of stuff, pumpkin spice lattes. What, I didn't even know what a pumpkin spice latte was. But this time of year was all about, okay, you get your rifle prepared and sighted in, and you get all your ammunition, you do some scouting, all that kind of stuff. And um, in northern Canada, I'm talking like 15-hour drive north, so way the heck up there, but in northern Canada, hunting moose isn't just a, um, a sport, although it is that, but it's this way of life. Because for like 100 bucks, um, you can buy some shells, you can buy your moose tag, and you can have... You can have uh, meat in your freezer for the whole entire year, and not just your freezer. Um, I mean, moose are over a thousand pounds. You can have moose meat for whoever you want. And um, if if your picture of Canada is moose in every field, moose walking down the streets, moose bedding down in your backyard, well, you wouldn't actually be too far off the mark, to be honest. Um, here's a picture that we took from the basement of our house. Um, and you're going, I don't know what to think about that picture either. What kind of parent? Parents are Rich and Becky letting their, their kids pet the, the muzzle of a moose. But um, this one year, we just had this moose coming later. It was a baby moose. Its mom actually had abandoned it. We found it later on. It was just in our backyard, and it was, like, super friendly. And so we're like, hey, kids, get over here. And we were feeding it. Because <laughs> that's what you do in northern Canada. You bring your whole family on the action. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of kind of crazy. Our kids named it Sally. It was Sally the moose. And no, Sally is not the moose that I, I shot. <laughs> now, just so you don't get the wrong picture, that doesn't happen 
a whole lot up there. In fact, I took a picture of that. I sent it to the, the, the paper, the local little local paper, and they were like, oh, we're putting this on the front page. Like, this is crazy. But, but um, this prize, this moose, it had been five years of trying to get a moose. And, and yes, there are a lot of moose, but they make it really hard in northern Canada to actually get a moose. You either have to get a really big one, so one that's been around for a long, long time and is really smart, kind of knows when to go into hiding, all that kind of stuff, or, or a really young one, which, which are not around a whole lot either. And so the year that I got it, it was like this amazing prize after hundreds of miles on an ATV, hundreds, like just walking through, through the thick, they call it the gumbo in the, the north, where it's this thick muscade mud. You have your boots, and it just like, it cakes deeper and deeper and deeper, and eventually you have to shake it all off, because it just, it's like you're walking around with these weights. It was a lot of work, and so when I finally got the prize, it was amazing. And Paul writes what appear to be his final words to Timothy here, and he talks about how he's fought the good fight. He talks about how he's about to get a prize. And in his letter, he gives us some clues about what it takes to win not just any prize, but what it takes to win the ultimate prize. And first thing you need to know, and this is kind of stating the obvious a little bit this morning, but it's important sometimes to state the obvious. If you're going to get a prize, the first thing you need in order to win the prize is you need a prize. You need a prize. And I wonder this morning, when it comes to life, what is, what is the prize that you're after? What is the prize that, that you're after? Maybe the prize for you is a retirement where you're just like sitting on some beach, you're just, you know, all your hard-earned money, and, and you have all the time in the world to do whatever the heck it is that you want to do. Maybe the prize for you is the balancing your bank account, your retirement account just reaches a certain point. Is your prize to finally be at peace, no worries, no anxiety someday. You just dream of somehow being at that point. Is your prize to finally maybe, maybe get accepted into that college and just land your, your dream job? Maybe your prize is simply to survive. You go, man, if I can just make it through today, if I can just make it through tomorrow, that is a win. That's a prize. One of the things that, that I'm thankful that my parents did for me very early on in life is they, they taught me the importance of, of having goals. And they had me and my, my two brothers constantly writing down goals. And then back in the day, I'm like, what in the world? Another goals. And, and just like goal after goal after goal. And, and they believed that if you wanted to achieve something, you needed to first of all know what it was that you wanted to achieve. You need to have something that you're running towards. And as we've been going through the, the book of 2 Timothy the last few weeks, one of the things that you might have picked up in this, this, uh, this, this book is that Paul is constantly encouraging Timothy to flee something, but also to run towards something. And, and he says things like, flee the evil desires of youth. All that stuff that we read about last week, reckless living, pride, love of money, lust for pleasure, disobedience, all that stuff. Paul says, flee all that stuff. But he doesn't just say flee. He goes on to say, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, peace, or righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with all those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So it's, it's not enough in life 
to just be fleeing something. You need to be running towards something. You need to be pursuing something. You need to have your, your eyes locked on a goal. Have your eyes locked on a prize. What is it, not just that you're just fleeing from, but what are you running towards? You know, so often um, you hear about, like, people want to uh, get healthy, and they want to have a healthy uh, pattern of living or whatever. And one of the mistakes I think people make is they go, okay, I'm just, I got to avoid, I got to avoid, avoid chips, I got to avoid ice cream, I got to avoid just not moving a whole lot, I got to avoid all this stuff, but they don't have a clear picture of what it is that they're running towards. You have to have a goal, you have to, what are you after? Is it like a, a certain amount of weight that you want to bench press? Is it like a weight loss goal? Is it maybe a certain number of miles you want to run? What is the goal you have? You got to write that stuff down and then start going after it. And, and you need to know what the goal is. What is the prize that you're trying to win in life? And here's my question for you. Is that prize that you're after in life ultimately worth giving your life for? Is it worth giving your life for? Paul was very clear on what the prize was that he was pursuing in life. He knew that he'd already actually achieved the greatest prize. He had Jesus. It's why he wrote, I once thought these things were valuable. What's this? The things he's referring to here, he's re referring to the things that this world holds dear. Things like, like status, things like positions, things like, like wealth, things like, like pedigree, all these things. He's saying, I once held these things dear, but then he goes on to say, I, I, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Garbage. Some translations of the Bible say as rubbish, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Make no mistake about it, when it comes to the prizes that we pursue in life, every single prize that you pursue will pale in comparison to the prize of Jesus every single other prize. And Paul knows this. That's why he says, I count it all as worthless compared to God. Compared to God, I count it all as, as worthless. He, he, worthless. He's the prize that you were created to have. Everything you want in life is ultimately meant to be satisfied in Him. Your desire for joy is meant to be satisfied in Him. Your desire for acceptance is meant to be satisfied in Him. Your desire for love is meant to be satisfied in Him. Your desire for peace, for healing, for worship. He is the prize. He's the prize. And then Paul goes on to describe another prize. He talks about receiving the crown of righteousness, which in, in, on one hand, it kind of makes sense, but on the other hand, it kind of doesn't really make sense. What exactly does he mean when he says the crown of righteousness? Because, you know, the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible says that in that moment, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past— it doesn't matter how far away from God that you've been. The Bible says that in the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, He does what? He makes you righteous. He clothes you with righteousness. The Bible says it like this. It says, God made Him who had no sin, this is Jesus, to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And this is an incredible prize that we have in Jesus. Only guess what? You don't earn this prize. You don't earn the prize of righteousness. You could never do enough 
to earn righteousness before God. If you think that, that you can do something that's going to earn righteousness before God, you can't. You could show up to church every day for the rest of your life. You could give 20, 25% of everything that comes in. You could spend all of your days being kind and loving and just helping people. It will not be enough. In fact, the Bible says that it's, it's all that stuff is like filthy rags. You cannot do enough to earn the righteousness of God. There's only one who could do enough to, to make you righteous, and that's Jesus. He did all the work for you by giving his life on the cross. It's this incredible prize of righteousness that, that he did the work for so that, so that, so that we could, could have that. All that's required of us is that we put our faith and trust in Jesus, and instantly you are made righteous. And I think this crown, this crown that Paul's talking about, this crown of righteousness— it has something to do with that, and that you're, we, we're not going to struggle with sin, we're not going to struggle with, with, with all these, these temptations and desires that we just know are going to lead to destruction. We're not going to struggle with that, but, but, but there's something more here that Paul is talking about. It's a crown that is the end result of the righteousness that we receive the moment we, we surrender to Jesus. You know, in the Olympics, you win the gold medal of swimming or the gold medal of wrestling. Swimming and wrestling aren't necessarily the prizes. The gold medal is. Righteousness isn't necessarily the, the, the prize that Paul's talking about here, although it's part of it. There's something else involved. And one of the rules, so if you ever read in the Bible, and you come to a point in the Bible where you're like, hey, in light of this text, that doesn't really make sense. Like, what is this verse trying to say? I don't understand this phrase. I don't understand exactly what this is saying. One of the rules of, of reading your Bible, interpreting script, Scripture, is that Scripture interprets Scripture. So we don't just yank something out of Scripture that maybe doesn't make sense. We look at the whole context of the Bible, and we look at other places and see what they have to say. And when it comes to this, this prize that we're after, the crown of righteousness, there's no other verse in the Bible that describes the crown that Paul is after than Matthew 25, 23. And it's this verse where Jesus himself describes what will happen when when faithful servants of God have finished fighting the good fight and they pass on to the next life, Jesus tells us that on that day, our Heavenly Father will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I was reading, um, at, actually yesterday, um, one of my favorite writers, his name is John Eldridge, and he writes in this uh, devotional about how all of us are looking for validation. All of us are looking for validation on some level. Maybe you're looking for uh, your boss to finally step in and just say, hey, well, great job that you've been doing. Maybe, maybe you're looking for a parent to step in and just validate you and, 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 and just tell you what, they, what you mean to them. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe you're, you're looking for validation from your kids. Maybe, I don't know who it is. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's a teacher. You just work your butt off, and you never hear anything from your teacher, and you just look for that day where your teacher validates you and steps in and says something to you that's encouraging. We're all looking for that. And Paul is describing here this moment where Father God, that the creator of everything, steps in and looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And you gotta kind of, you gotta catch what's happening here. In that moment, the worst hardship and persecution that you have faced in this life will fade away as God showers you with his love and approval. 
You will never again strive for someone's approval. You will never again hear that voice of shame chirping in your ears saying, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're a mistake. You're a failure. Whatever that voice might be, you will in that moment as, as your Savior, your Redeemer says, well done, good and faithful servant. You will hold your head high knowing that your Father in heaven takes great delight in you. That, that is a prize worth laying down your life for. The Message Bible puts 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8 like this. It says, this is Paul, I've run, I've run hard right to the finish, believed all the way. All that's left now is the shouting, God's applause. God's applause. I mean, just think about that for a second. That moment where God just is, it's his applause. He's just showering you with his blessing and his approval. You know, it's, make no mistake, a pay raise, a Vince Lombardi trophy, a new car, a gold medal, none of these prizes holds a candle to the applause of God. A well done from your Father in heaven. So you, first of all, if you're going to get the prize, you've got to start off with the prize. You've got to know what is, what is it that you're after in this life? What is it that you're after? And, and what we are after in this life is different than what the world is after. It is different. And then Paul makes it very clear. That there's four things um, that, that we have to have in our life. Actually, three things to have in order to, to get this prize. The first thing you got to have is focus. Paul says to Timothy, he says, But you, keep your head in all situations and your hardship through the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Keep your head. The, the ESV Bible says, stay sober-minded. You have to be focused on the prize. You have to stay focused. You have to stay locked in. On um, this last uh, week, I was talking to one of our students, and uh, she's got this goal of some big goals around wrestling. And you probably know who I'm talking about, but, but her goals are just, they're huge. And we were talking a little bit about what she has to do and just the, the amount of focus that she has to get these goals that she's after always talking about wrestling. Even when she's not wrestling, it's like cross-country season, and she's like, I'm going to run with the cross-country runners just to get my cardio in shape for, for wrestling. It's focus. It's get all the other stuff aside so that, so that she can get this prize that she's after. And there's going to be all kinds of things. This, this might be a surprise, hopefully not, but there's going to be all kinds of things in this life that are going to try to distract you from the prize. All kinds of things. The world's going to entice you with all these shiny objects. Hey, run here and grab this. This is, a, this is a worthwhile prize. Hey, this is a great prize. Run for this over here. They are distractions if they get in the way of what God is calling you to do. If they get in the way of the prize of Jesus, of hearing that well done, good and faithful servant from Him. You have to stay focused. The second thing that's required to get the prize is sacrifice. Paul says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering. That's sacrifice. Endure hardship. Keep at it. Don't give up. The life that you've signed up for is not a life of comfort and ease. That's not what the life of a Jesus follower is about. And, and like I said last week, who wants that life anyways? Who wants that life anyways? You know, honestly, yesterday was like, I did not feel like going for a hike. I woke up with a massive headache, 
just feeling fatigued and tired. I was grumpy. I mean, if you just ask my household, they're like, yeah, Rich was so grumpy. <laughs> I'm sorry, family, by the way, if I apologize for that. But, but I knew that the worst thing to do in that moment was to like go upstairs, plop down on the bed, turn on the TV, and just sit there for six hours and watch TV. It's like, I gotta, get, I gotta get out of here. And even though it's gonna be hard work doing this hike and I don't feel like it, who wants a life of comfort and ease anyways? We are designed, we are designed for sacrifice and to push and to pull and, and to grind it out. That's because at the end of that is this glorious, beautiful prize. When you sacrifice to get the prize, to get the prize will require sacrifice. Stop having this mentality in your head that life is supposed to be comfortable and just a life of ease. It is not. Life is hard. It's, it's going to have its difficult moments. It's going to have those moments where you just got to keep pressing through and pushing through, and it's like you're walking through northern Canada gumbo, and it's just sticking, life is sticking to your boots, and you just want to give up. Paul says, no, I've been poured out like a drink offering. And Paul, I mean, he had to endure lashings on his back. He was beat. He was whipped. He was thrown in jail. He was shipwrecked. He had, if, you, if we, we're not going to read all of 2 Timothy 4, but if you read the rest of that, you're going to hear about how his friends, the people that were in his life that he loved and cared about, abandoned him. Sacrifice. There's a sacrifice involved. I have no idea why I'm getting emotional right now. And I can't cry because I'm an ugly crier. I'm a very ugly crier. But the number three thing that you need is faithfulness. Faithfulness. And as Paul, as Paul sits in his... As Paul sits in his prison in Rome writing this letter to Timothy... You know, I imagine, sorry, pull yourself together, Rich. Pull yourself together. I can't talk and cry. You all know that. And I just imagine Paul as he's sitting in this prison cell, and he, he knows, he knows that his time is almost done. And I, I just imagine him as he's writing this letter, maybe he's reflecting back on life, and he's reflecting back on all the hardship, and he's reflecting back on those times where he was literally floating in the sea because he's been shipwrecked all those times where he's just faced persecution and he just wanted to throw in the towel he wanted to give up I imagine him just looking back on all that and, and he goes he writes this letter and he writes this verse in this chapter and he's able to say I have remained faithful I've remained faithful does that mean that he was perfect does that this faithfulness for you and I mean that we were just perfect all along? Absolutely not. We all stray from God. We all wander from God. We all get attracted to whatever that shiny thing is in life. But faithfulness is we keep coming back. We keep coming back. And there's something about just keep coming back. You keep coming back. Life gets hard and you, you just keep coming back to Jesus. You've got doubts, and you've got questions. You're like, God, I don't, I don't even know if I want to follow you, but, but, but like the disciples, you say, but where else will we, will we go? 
and you keep coming back. You keep coming back and you're able to say, I have remained faithful. I've remained faithful. What is your prize? What is your prize? Is Jesus your prize? Is he your prize? I mean, if you get that one wrong, you get everything wrong. Is Jesus your prize? And then what does it mean to you to one day hear the voice of your father saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the master. Enter into, enter into your master's happiness. What is the prize that you're after? And I just encourage you to look around and go, okay, are my prizes, this, am I after this all about the same things that the world is after? That might be a little flashing light on the dashboard of your soul saying, okay, time to come back and get refocused here on what really matters. What is the prize that you're after? The prize that we're after will be different than what the world is after. Let's make it about Jesus. Let's make it about that moment when we step into the next life and we hear the voice of our Father saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's make it about, about Him. Let's make it about pursuing Him, pursuing holiness, pursuing righteousness, pursuing the things of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you so much for, God, the way that you have worked in our lives, the way, you, the way that you've revealed yourself to us. God, thank you that this morning, God, you are speaking to us. You are speaking to us. God, it's no accident that anybody is in this room. It's no accident that, that anybody is watching online. God, you are speaking to us. And God, I know that there are, are some who, who have... Lord, the, the, the wrong prize is in front of them. They're heading after the wrong thing. They're making their life about achieving the wrong end goal. And God, this morning, you are bringing us back to what matters. You're bringing us back to you. You're bringing us back to you. You're bringing us back to you. God, if we've been making the pursuit of money, God, if we've been making the pursuit of, of, of a career, God, if we've been making the approval of our our family, or our friends, God, whatever it might be, if we've been making anything else the, the main prize that we're after, God, I, I pray that this morning there will just be a realignment in the depths of our soul where our lives would be all about making you the prize, making you the prize, Jesus. And God, I pray for, Lord, for anybody that's here this morning, maybe, God, they just have had a hard time focusing. Lord, it's, it's like... It's like all the other stuff out there is just, it's, it's so attractive and it's just so alluring. God, I pray that this, this morning, Jesus, you would give them a fresh resolve. God, the courage to stay focused on you. Stay, stay focused on the things of God. Stay focused on seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. God, help us, I pray, to do that. And God, when other things start to distract and pull us aside, God, in that moment, I ask that your Holy Spirit would convict us and bring us back, bring us back to you. And God, if there's anybody who, Lord, is in a season of just, Lord, they're struggling with faithfulness. Life has just gotten so hard. God, they've just got so many questions. Maybe life has just not turned out like they were thinking it was going to turn out. And God, faithfulness is a challenge for them. God, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, 
you would just come along right now, God, and just encourage them, speak into them. God, just let them know how much you are for them, how much you love them, how much you care for them. God, may that give them the resolve to stay, to stay faithful, God, to, to just keep coming back. And then, God, lastly, I just want to pray, God, that you would give us the courage to live a life of sacrifice. God, when life gets hard, when things get difficult, God, when the thing that you're asking us to do, God, is us putting something on the altar, God, in those moments, may, may the prize that we're after, God, just be so great in our eyes, God, that, that no sacrifice seems too big. No sacrifice seems too big. Compared, as Paul said, to the surpassing worth of having you, Jesus. Help us, I pray. And God, I just want to lift up anybody that's here today that, that maybe is just in need of a prayer. God, maybe it's physical healing they need. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a situation at their work. God, I don't know what it might be, but God, I pray that you would meet those needs, that God, they would, they'd be able to walk out of here today knowing that you are at work. Even God, if they can't see what you're doing, they would walk out of here with just a faith and a trust and a peace that God, you are in control, that God, you are sovereign, you are over all, and they can have a confidence in you, Jesus. Help them to stay anchored in you. And just while your head is bowed, eyes closed, I want to just give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. Your life has never been about having the prize, Jesus, the ultimate prize in your life. And, and this morning, you hear God speaking to you. You hear the voice of the Holy Spirit just drawing you. You're, you're here singing these songs, and we're talking about gratitude. And, and you're going, what is this thing going on right now? What am I feeling? Why, why, what's going on? That is, is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus at work in you, pulling you, drawing you to himself. And if you're here this morning going, okay, I want to, I want to follow Jesus. Maybe you don't even know, have a clue what that means, but you're just going, I want, I want to start that journey today. I'm going to ask if you would put your hand nice and high, and I would just love to pray with you. Is there anybody here in this room? If you're watching online, just put in the comments, I do. That's me. I want to follow Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, for your your Holy Spirit is to go before us this week in everything that we do, everything that we say. God, may you be glorified in our lives. We pray all these things in the awesome name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. It's been so good to have you here this morning. I hope that you're leaving encouraged, built up in your faith, just ready to go out into your week and just love Jesus and pursue Jesus. And um, if you need prayer for anything, I'm hanging out. You can just come tap me on the shoulder. I'd love to pray with you. And other than that, have a blessed week. And do not forget to grab a donut on the way out the door. God bless. <laughs>